millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Tom Willis, welcome to The Mentor, mate. Thanks for having me on, Mark. Uh, Lawpath, you're the co-founder and chief marketing officer, CMO. Tell me about that. Yeah, absolutely. So the goal of Lawpath is to make the law more accessible to to really to everyone, but we've really wanted to focus in on, on small businesses. It's an area that myself as an entrepreneur have found has been an underserviced area of the market where a lot of small businesses are wanting to go through and, and start their dream and, and, and kick off something, but often don't have the right legal infrastructure in place. And in trying to get that infrastructure in place, have found themselves spending large amounts of capital, resources, and time. Uh, and so what a lot of them have ended up doing is basically winging it, not having those in place and finding themselves having legal headaches down the track. So we want to create uh, through technology and through our online platform, the ability for businesses to be able to create contracts, register companies and access legal advice on demand all through one easy to access platform that provides these services at a fraction of the cost that you would typically get through the traditional legal system. Sort of like telehealth, but with lawyers instead of doctors. I mean, I don't mean you've got um, people on the other end of the, or you maybe have got other people yeah. on the other end of the phone. Similarly, you'd have the same problem with lawyers. Part of the fact, most people don't even know who, who they should contact. What do I need? So is LawPath then therefore a, a marketplace, uh, an online marketplace, a digital marketplace? Yeah, it's a component of, of what we do. The, the main offering that we offer from the legal advice perspective is actually businesses can sign up for a, for a subscription. So they pay uh, a monthly or an annual fee to be able to access unlimited access to legal consultations. And so what we do is uh, if you're a small business, you can put in a request that you might have. And the ones that you've mentioned are very typical. It might be something to do with a, a contract or maybe someone's having something like a IP dispute or they've got a new partner on. They put in that request. We then connect them up with uh, lawyers from our network who can then be able to provide advice and be able to assist in actually being able to get that matter solved. And through your subscription, you can access unlimited 30-minute consultations with those lawyers to just have that, that peace of mind in knowing that you've got you know, that legal representation and expertise behind the decisions that you're making. And then if the matter needs to go further than the 30 minutes, we've got a marketplace component that comes in. So basically that work can come in. Uh, you can say, this is how much the lawyer will say, this is how much the work will cost. They'll provide it at a fixed price. So we, we try to be really transparent with all our pricing. So 
this matter is going to cost X amount of dollars and then you can agree to take on that matter and there's a revenue share component. So very similar to a marketplace in that regard. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a small business dude. I think to myself, well, I've got to register a name and then maybe a better form a company. And then I think to myself, oh, I've got a trademark I've been playing around with, so maybe I need some intellectual property advice. Do I do it just in Australia or do it because I think my ideas are potentially global? How would I interact with LawPath? Yeah, sure. So we can help really at all of those different stages. So the very first part of if you're wanting to, to register that business, we can help with all of the required registrations there. So we have direct connections with all of the government systems and being able to handle that registration. But what would happen? Yeah, so we can help first and foremost with helping you to understand what structure you might want to start for your business. Whether legal structure. Yeah, your legal structure. So give an idea of what that business is going to be. Is it a hobby? Are you wanting this to be, you know, something that that, that grows where you employ people and and, and whatnot as well? So we'll help you to understand what that structure will, and that's all done through software. So it's just an interactive questionnaire. We'll give you an idea of this is the right structure for you to go forward. And then you want to check the availability of your name to make sure that that's available. So you have a direct link through to ASIC or something like yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So we connect directly with there to be able to say, yes, that name is available, start that registration, and you can complete that process end-to-end in 10 minutes. What do I pay LawPath for that, or is that part of the freemium offer? Yeah, so we actually, if you're registering a company through LawPath, so the, the cost through ASIC of a company is $538, you will not pay a single extra dollar on top of that to register that company. So we will provide that basically for free. And if there's any additional things that you might need on top of that, which might be legal contracts through our platform or those uh, advice components that I talked about, they can be added on on top of that. So you've got a real business in a box type of solution for you. LawPass business model. Internally, you've got people who fill your website with content. Mm -hmm. That's there to attract the small business owners, the business owners to come in. It's because, you know, that's good high-quality content to come in and have a look at. Then on the other side of it, you're building a supply chain of lawyers. Why would a lawyer do that? Is it because it, it builds them good exposure? Or they're a new lawyer or they're a young yeah. lawyer? Well, why do, what's your sell to the lawyers? Typically, it's a lawyer who has been in maybe like a mid-tier or a top-tier firm who – is looking for a little bit more flexibility in their life. So uh, a lot of examples of where we see lawyers come in from is maybe it's it's a lawyer who has been working at a, at a top tier firm. They've then gone and had a few kids. They're wanting to get back into the workforce, but maybe not working the same sort of hours that they were working previously. So they go through the process of starting their own firm, but then they have no clients. So they need to actually work out what are my marketing channels going to be? And so there is for a lawyer really no better marketing channel than what we can offer them, which is a a vetted client who has told you that they are in the market for the service. They've told you what they're looking for. Because they've done the contract with us, a lot of that heavy lifting is often already done through the software. They're just needing to go through, dot the I's, cross the T's, check over everything and, and add any additional adjustments that need to be made. Um, this is a way of marketing your personality a lawyer's personality to the client base. Yeah, for sure. Because you're really, as part of what you're you're getting offered through that, we we really, it, transparency is so important to us. And, and part of that is so that when you're coming through and wanting to market yourself, you can see 
from a client's perspective, you can see the the previous reviews, the work that that lawyer has done, and you've got an idea of if that's going to be somebody that you can relate to, if they worked in your industry, if they work with a similar type of client. So you've got that ability to be able to see if that's going to be someone that you're then wanting to, to move forward with. So you can you can think about it in a very similar way to like, like an Airtask or, or an Airbnb. TripAdvisor. Trip where you've got that complete accessibility of knowing this is somebody that I want to go ahead with. Yeah, so there's rankings, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, or correct. ratings in a funny sort of way. Yeah, like correct. You allow consumers or customers to rate that that experience. Yeah. Do, do the lawyers bid for the work? The lawyers, well, yeah, essentially they do because, yeah, they do because they have to compete against the other lawyers on the marketplace to be able to win that work. So they're all really competing. And the interesting thing is when they are bidding on the work and competing, we would have thought the price was one of the biggest you know, levers that, that the lawyers would have. But what we found over time is that the hardest thing is with a new lawyer joining the marketplace is getting them to then be able to win work against a, a lawyer who has countless number of reviews and has a couple of bits of feedback on them because people value those levels of feedback from clients much, much more than being able to try to undercut the price. Yeah, that's interesting. So do I say, look, I'm looking for someone to give me some advice on a franchise agreement? So we have recommendations that come based on what you've completed and the majority of uh, the the scenario that you've described is how it can happen where you can put in that quote request through our website and then we can provide you then with recommendations of the lawyers based on the category and subcategory and you know the word associations that you've put into your brief. These are the lawyers that we think are going to be best and you can invite them to quote on your job. And then outside of that, lawyers, we will try to do some matchmaking with, with the algorithms that we've developed in there as well to say these lawyers are going to match what you're looking for as well and invite them additionally to bid on that job as well. So you've got that combination of both, but it's really putting that that power into the hands of the, the consumer to be able to choose which is the way that they're wanting to go forward. So you give them a couple to choose from basically. At the end yeah. of the day, it's their choice. Yeah. So we do have that and and that's a, that's a part of what we do, but in all honesty, where we get the majority of that work through is through the, the, the contract management system that we have. So small businesses coming through and completing contracts, whether that's employment contracts, terms and conditions, NDAs, going through completing them with our software and then saying, I want someone just to look over this for me and right. get a, a further bit of just a, somebody to go through and say, yep, you've put these things in the right spot. This suits your business model. And this is then typically where we're getting a lot of uh, requests then to be able to actually then connect with lawyers coming through from. I think that's an important point. So, you know, because often I've had situations, instances where people say, I want to come and talk to you. I've got an idea. I'm going to pitch to you. And uh, and I always say, well, do, you, do you want me to sign an NDA? Um, and they say, yeah. And they get an NDA and they've pulled it off the internet somehow. Yeah. And it's just rubbish um, and it's completely irrelevant. So I have an opportunity then to get someone to cast their eye over it and give me a half-hour review. So within the subscription that you can get, you've got access to the 30-minute consultations and through that you could get a review of that contract. If it's a document, let's just say it's like a shareholder's agreement, it's 20 pages, it needs a lot more work into there, that's where we could say, hey, this is something that we're going to need to then leverage a marketplace and get you a bigger a bigger quote for as well. But we actually, through our subscription on those 30-minute consultations, offer uh, four pages of, of contract reviews as part of that as well. So you can think for the majority of agreements, NDAs, clauses in contracts, we can cover a lot of that just in, in the part of your subscription as well. So there's no additional cost to you. The freemium part of it is I can access these documents 
That's that's yep. pass free. So the we review part is subscription. So we offer the the access to the first document is free. So yep. you can try us out and and use your first document. If you're wanting to access additional documents, that's where we have a subscription component that comes in. So for, for a low annual fee, you can access all of the documents on our platform. There's over 350 of those. And then on top of that, if you're wanting to add legal advice on top of that, there's additional fees that can come in there as well. But it's done in a way where really any business is able to afford it. In terms of um, popularity, what are the sort of things that most people who are accessing LawPath, what do they mostly access? Majority of the way that the businesses come through to LawPath is in those early stages of first starting up. So they're going through where we're registering their their company and from there there's a bunch of documents that then they will typically go through and do. So, you know, a shareholders agreement is a really common one that will come through from there where you're wanting to set out and and set the rules, the responsibilities of the different shareholders in the business, what the exit strategy of the business might look like, et cetera, et cetera. So that is is a very common one that will come up in those early stages. Probably the most common ones that we see though are our website documents. So privacy policies, terms and conditions, because really... No matter where you sit in business, whether it's a lifestyle business, whether it's it's something that is a, a bigger business or something that's maybe capital funded or whatnot, you will need those pieces for your for your website and for your business. So they are areas that we see a really really big amount of usage from. And then outside of that, uh, biggest area for us in terms of industry verticals is professional services, and that's the area where we see in both new businesses and existing businesses. So your consultants, your your agencies, your, your freelance operations and people needing to have contracts in place with their clients and, and with their, their subcontractors and with their employees. So service agreements are one that come up in, in a lot as well. Contractor agreements where I'm a company and I'm hiring a contractor to work with me as well and setting the terms of that. They're the most common ones that we see. Okay, I'm going to go to the break. I want to come back. I want to dig back a bit more, a little bit more detail because, you know, this your business, Law Path, is about that. We can all have great ideas about how good our business is going to be and, you know, how we want to operate. We're going to have some high-level ideas about how we want to pay someone and what the terms of the contract might be. But what your business is going to do, what Law Path does is you ask me the questions about the detail because, you know, the contract's all about the detail. Mm. It's always it's always about the fine print yeah. and, uh, and contracts – really are about predicting what could go wrong and how do we resolve it. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. 
For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So I'm here with Tom Willis, and he's from Lawpath, one of the co-founders of Lawpath, and he's a CMO, Chief Marketing Officer of Lawpath. For me, just to get clear in my mind again, if I'm a small business, particularly if I'm a startup, what I need to have. So I might not know I need a shareholders agreement. You, whilst you offer draft shareholders agreement or you know pro forma shareholders agreement, I might not know I need a shareholders agreement. Is there a part of Lawpath that tells me these are the things that ordinarily startups need to have? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked, Mark. That's exactly what we can help with. So we've got a, a piece of software that we use called the Legal Health Check. And so when a, when a business comes through and they have completed a sign-up with us, we can take them through this process of a legal health check, which will ask them a few additional questions about their business, covers their industry, the number of employees they have, the, the structure of their business. And through these data points, we start to then understand based on what you're doing in your business, these are some of the different pieces of uh, legal solutions you're going to need in place, contracts, if you're going to need advice, if you're going to need any additional registrations as well. And we can provide that all in in a downloadable report for them to then be able to access. So I think it's a really important part is a lot of the businesses, they, they, they come into Lawpath with an idea of maybe one thing that they need. So it could be, I know I've just started a, a, a website, I'm going to need a privacy policy for it. But often what they will they will discover is that well that's one thing that I'm covering my business but there's there's also other facets that I need to think in have I considered the terms of how my you know my my products are going to be purchased and how I'm going to handle refunds and shipping what and everything warranty else look like? warranty totally so all the different considerations that come through and 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 often what we're doing is helping them to look and find where are the existing compliance gaps and where are there then going to be gaps that are going to come up in the later stage of their business depending on what it is that they where that journey is going to take them because yeah, i think a lot of people just think legal advice is um i've got a specific problem and um i, I want it resolved particularly for startups whereas the role of a lawyer and maybe the role of law path is to actually interrogate you so that i can tell you what actually you need. So startups who can come to Lawpath need to be identified as a startup, which is what your software does, and then it interrogates them and it makes suggestions to them as to what they may or may not need. Yes. Some of which they might just tick off, say, oh, I've already got that. And then as a result of that, they can then go to your, uh, they can download these things mm-hmm. and try and fill them out themselves. Do you have sidebars along the document sort of explaining what the hell you're talking about? You might have in the recitals or something. Um, and I think, well, shit, what's a recital? Do you, do you tell me what that means? Yeah, we have a sidebar exactly as you mentioned. So it, it's got it connected in there where when you're going through a question, it will say, we need to fill this out. So there'll be a question that comes in. It will ask you what you what typically might be put into here so it can give you some recommendations of what commonly are put in for businesses like yours into there but also provides a definition to really help to break down the legal jargon and a big part of what we try to do with our contracts is that 
a, lo- a lot of the contracts that that lawyers use are, are, are contracts that they they basically they're, they're following a very similar t- style of template that we that we're using we're just providing it in the hands of the the end small business so a lot of what we need to do is break down the jargon and help for them to really understand this is what each of these different terms mean you know if we're talking about non-compete or non-solicitation this is a breakdown of why these are important and why these could impact you down the track so a big part of what that is is yeah being able to really break that down help for people to understand that so when they complete the document they've got the confidence in knowing they've put the right things in and left the the things that they don't need out yeah like a good example of that might be um you know you have to put in the, the agreement what is the governing law in other words which laws of which territory are going to apply to the terms of this contract for this agreement, the governing laws will be, you know, New South Wales, for argument's sake. But a lot of people don't know what the hell that means. What are, you, what are you talking about and why would I use New South Wales over Queensland or why wouldn't I go and use the ACT, for example? So you do need to have a sidebar explaining what it is. Otherwise, um, your consumer or your user hasn't got a clue what that means and it gets more confusing and a lot of times they'll just abandon it. Um, is, is there much of that? Um, when people just go, oh my God, they just throw their hands up and they abandon. Uh, and do you track that abandonment? We absolutely do, yeah. So a big part of what we look at is having track of who's signing up for which documents, what they're starting and then what they're ultimately going through and completing. And it's really important for us to look at where those drop-offs are. That can be done on a question-by-question level of really understanding that. And so what our team will then look at is, okay, what are the bottlenecks in this document that then we need to we need to make this, this, this more obvious as something that it needs to be? So examples of that uh, are something like award rates, right? So if you've got a, a, an employment contract, let's just say you're trying to hire a, a casual employee for your restaurant, there's going to be a set award rate that you need to, to, to adhere to, to, to be able to, to, to pay and, and, and compensate that employee. Now, what we were finding is that with our documents, if we're, if we're not including the ability to just link directly to there and provide that information straight away, people just go down this rabbit hole of then saying, ah, oh, which award rate is this applicable for? And, and I'm not quite sure. And it becomes its own little thing that we need to try to get on top of. So it's, it's very, very common that we'll need to then look at how we can really look to keep people in the platform and then be able to ensure that they're completing that out. Do you make contact with them if you see they got stuck? Or do you have a button that says, I'm stuck, please give me a call? We do have that button and and we will reach out if we we notice something that's particularly um, unusual about a a client interaction and, and, and be willing to help. It's harder to in the, in these days now that we're at a point where there's over 300,000 businesses on the platform. So it's something that we're trying to do more through having a look at, at, at pattern recognition where the documents and, and uh, where there are those drop-offs in there. But it is something that, yeah, we definitely do and we want to try to improve because if they don't complete the document, then, you know, they're not in a great position. Yeah, because, I mean, one of the things, I mean, I was just thinking about it then. Um, I'm a technology business in Australia and I, I need to get a, some code written and I um, decide to um, engage with some dude in America. What I don't want to happen though is this dude in America to take that bit of code and use it for something else because that's my code, I paid for it, and uh, I want to own that code. You need to have a contract with that individual. Um, it becomes a source of frustration for a small business owner, particularly if you're in that startup stage. And But the component that this US individual who's going to supply me in terms mm. of the code um, is critical for me and it doesn't take, I can't advance. And then I don't want to go dealing with someone in Russia or India or wherever because I've got language barriers, language difficulties, legal culture, et cetera, in those mm. environments where I might not be able to 
you know, I might, I might, they might say pay me in advance or, you know, like I can't track where my money's going. Like it's a bit difficult. So I still want to always deal with the guy in the US. But the guy in the US says, well, give me a contract. And that's sort of what law pass mm. designed to address at least, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's actually that exact matter is a really common issue that we see businesses face where it's really who is owning that intellectual property. And so making sure that within within your contract that there is an assignment of that intellectual property back to the company, whether in that service agreement or in an additional actually having uh, an intellectual property agreement in place to be able to hand that off. And I think this is an important thing to note also from the other side of things. So we see about one in four of the businesses that we register at the moment are side hustles. And one of the interesting things that come in around intellectual property there is this idea of, of moonlighting and moonlighting clauses that companies put into their contracts. Now, what a lot of businesses, I think, uh, well, a lot of individuals don't understand is that if you are going through and then starting a business on the, the employers on their laptop and using their property, there is every chance that that intellectual property is owned by the employer. Especially if you're working from home on a particular day yeah. and you're doing it at 9am in the morning, you might say, well, they're my, the employer might say, that's your working hours, that's my laptop, and you're not dudding the employee. You might just say, I'll just give them an extra hour at the end of the day. Mm. But they, they might say, my hours, my laptop, my IP. Yeah, that's exactly it. And, and so it's really, really important IP is a consideration on both of those those extremities and, and knowing who who is owning that, then there's countless cases. You can just look back to, to Facebook, right? That was the problem that happened in the early days of Facebook where the the, the Winklevoss twins hired Mark Zuckerberg to go through and, and to, to develop the first iteration of their social networking app, but they didn't have any sort of intellectual property agreement in place to then say that that IP was assigned back to them. So there's countless cases of this causing a lot of headaches down the track. So, I mean, I think it's fair to say that, especially when it comes to side hustles, in business today, given that we a lot of the stuff we deal with is has international reach, that's just the way the world is today, people also recognise opportunity very quickly and uh, have no problem whatsoever in um, taking advantage of those opportunities. Either you're a contractor to them or they're a contractor to you, you know, Everybody works out the opportunity pretty fast and uh, they, and jump all over it. And then we have this whole world of um, compliance that exists now. Like uh, we, the, the legal world, the legal regulatory framework within which we work is much more complex than it's ever been before. It's nearly hardly anything. There would be hardly anything that we do in either setting up, doing a startup or running a startup over time that we don't need some advice on or an agreement, a written document just for clarity's sake, for abundance of caution mm. and abundance of clarity that we should not have a document. But we can't be running back and forth to a lawyer all the time because it's just, you know, we're, we're kicking a business off. As I said, it could be a side hustle. We don't want to spend, um, you don't want to invest more money in a lawyer than you do in your, in your business mm. and your prototype if that's what you're building. And for that matter, your contractors. And it, and it sort of kills business off and a lot of people just ignore it. It's either I'm really aware of it and I get frustrated because I can't afford to spend that much money or I'm just not aware of it at all or I just ignore it and just run off as in the uh, Facebook example, run off and build my business just so I just want the outcome yeah, and see what happens. Yeah, But then opportunity rises and someone like Zuckerberg just takes advantage of the opportunity. Mm. 
and says, no, 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 there's no document, that's mine. Mm. Um, so Law Path actually, when it comes to small business, actually is fulfilling a pretty important role. Um, and I said, you asked you before, like, what are the most popular things? Um, one of the great things about some of the law path is you actually get data, not only helping people, but the data you gather allows you to help people more. Mm. So do you have machine learning components in your software? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we absolutely do. And so- what's the purpose of that? What are, what are you doing? What does law path do with the machine learning analytics that you find out about what people need to know or yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's still relatively uh i'd say primitive i don't want to say that we've we've solved all of the matters and i don't think we're we're really anywhere near a point of being able to replace lawyers i think there's always going to be a very very important role for for a lawyer in this ecosystem where we think that we we can offer the help is 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 through things like machine learning and knowing the 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 different bits of data that we're able to collect on what that on what that business is then being able to say based on the stage of your business the age of your business, what you're doing, the industry that you're in, the level of employees that you have, being able to come up with suggestions. Yeah, we and know more about your industry and people like you than you do. Yeah. Well, we know a lot about. We may not know more, but we know a lot about it. Mm. Can we share that with you? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. And and you can see initial that that we've got this thing called an interactive user feed. So when you have it, you've got a dashboard on your account. And as you complete documents, you you put in inputs, you have consultations, that recommendation engine grows and grows and there's more things that come through for there for you then to go through and to complete. You know, it's funny, I was looking for a trust deed the other day that was set up in 1984 <laughs> and like obviously there's no storage facilities in those days and it was like, you know, it was typed. That's how old it is. I can't find it anywhere. And I was only thinking to myself, it'd be great if there was an online facility where you can have just store all your documents and uh, in, a, in a safe way. So if I go on Law Path, um, when you say I open a, I, there's a dashboard available for me, does that have a storage piece in the menu where I can yeah. put all my documents stored all in there and if I need to get you know, if I need to get a document, I just go straight to that page? That's right, yeah. So you can they're, they're all stored. They can be archived. Any of the documents that you have can be collaborated on as well. So if you've got people uh, in the in you the share. event, yeah, you can you can share that with them so that they've got access to those ones as well. If that's a working document, they can make in suggestions as well to be able to make edits. And so a lot of that is typically what you'd see, you know, in more in more the enterprise style of softwares. But we're trying to really bring that for small business. We think that the ability for businesses to be able to make all of those interactions that you would typically would do offline, where you'd all sit around and you'd you'd, you'd poke apart a document, that should be something that you're able to do online and, and through workflows. So, uh, yeah, really happy that that's something that we've been able to build in. Yeah. So, like, I could be, I could download your document. Um, I could input some. What of the inputs have to be into that particular document? And let's say I'm engaging uh, with Jess over there in the corner. I can um, then share that with Jess, and Jess can mark it up. I, I guess you got markup, yep. um, you know, software. And she can mark it up, return it back to me, and we both see it. It's, it sits sits in a in a place, and then um, once we finalise and agree all the stuff, we can execute, and then I can have that document stored, and she can have. And does she get a copy of it? Yeah, so she can have a copy of it as well. You can yep. dictate what that looks like. And and the exciting thing there is as well is through if you've got access to a legal subscription, the, the, the legal advice subscription, 
you can invite your lawyer as well. So you can actually get your lawyer to help with actually being able to look at that, add their markup as well as you're going through that. So it becomes a workflow that you've got between yourself as the as the client and the lawyer all handled in one spot and then you're you're keeping the end result. Is it just yourself and the other co-founder or you've got investors these days? Yeah, we've got investors as well. Uh, we've got a, a range of, of investors across um, family funds uh, and, and, and VC funds as well. So we, we cover a, a range of different uh, investors with us. Um, we've also got a strategic investor uh, over in the, the US, a company called LegalZoom. So they have been really the, the legal technology pioneers of this industry. They've, they've been able to build that into a, into a market leading spot in the US. And so they've been able to come through and be a, an investor in us as well and have really helped us to be able to understand what it takes to grow a legal tech company. And, and you're talking about the laws of Australia only or... At the moment, just the, the laws of Australia, but right. we we really see the software as something that can extend out yeah. into into other countries. I understand that. Yeah. And um and how many users do you have? I mean, or, or have had? I mean, like it, I guess it's a cumulative thing. So. Yeah. So the great piece of being a freemium model is that you're always engaging and attracting users. So we're at a point now we've had three hundred and thirty thousand businesses actually access the platform and use us for creating documents or accessing legal advice. Okay, that's fantastic. And where to from here? What what happens now? Like, what do you want to do? Like- yeah, I think we want to continue to obviously. We love the idea of being able to help businesses and I think that the the thing that's really always been at the back of our mind and what we wanted to do is really limit those those barriers and red tape of actually being able to go out and set up and start a business and, and, and get that going. So we want to be able to continue to help businesses to be able to do that and make sure that businesses are aware of services like ours and then be able to also extend that into different stages of business. So at the moment, we really help businesses when they're first in those formative stages and they get to a point where they're, they're getting into a bit of a bigger business where they've got more employees, more partners, and they might then have a need for actually just having a lawyer and retainer. So we do believe that there's opportunities for us to continue to extend our software to pieces where we can continue to service businesses as they grow and those legal needs increase. Uh, and then from there, it's it's really, as you said, and as we mentioned before, that the opportunity to go international is massive. You know, we're, we're a very, we're, we're, we're one business, we're one market here, but the way that we could see this extending out is there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to help businesses all across the world. And, 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 and particularly, um, you know, in, in Commonwealth law where we, we've already got uh, a lot of the foundations set up. Yeah, that's interesting. Like place like India, for example, um, who have similar laws to everybody else, like, like all the all the other countries, like Australia, UK, US, etc. Um, that that would be a good one because there'd be a lot. There's lots of small business owners there, Definitely. like a big percentage as a per capita and a per capita basis, um, who probably just are very cavalier to date in the way they address their lives and their employees' relationships and their partners' relationships, business partners' relationships, and uh, and if it's not too big a step to engage just a little bit more technically with some documentation, mm-hmm. um, great opportunity. Tom Willis, uh, I've enjoyed this conversation a lot. I mean, I really think I love marketplaces, any type of marketplaces mm-hmm. based on technology, but this is a very interesting marketplace. Very importantly, it addresses the small business community or the business community generally and it's about it helps them improve the defensive pattern of their business. In other words, it helps them play defensively, which is a really important thing in business, 
by making sure that all their I's are dotted and their T's are crossed in a legal sense, mm. which most people uh, have been, in my opinion, in Australia, too cavalier about. They think about, oh, no, just get the deal up, get the, the business up and running, get the prototype built, oh, fucking pay this consultant, that consultant, whatever, and they never think about the defensive things, the things that could go wrong. Mm. And the reason I don't think about it because it's too expensive or just too hard. You're making it easy and uh, and you're taking a bit of the mystery out of it all as well. Um, that's really important. So, Tom Willis, thanks very much. Great. Thanks for having me, Mark. Thanks for listening to The Mentor. Audio and production is by Jess Morley. And production assistants, Jonathan Leondis. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.